Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report, bringing back an old friend of the show, Peter Grandich. You can follow Peter on Twitter and on YouTube. I'll post a couple links below this interview so you can keep up to date with Peter. Now, Peter, it's been, man, maybe 10 years since we last chatted. You and I spent a lot of time together back when Al was running the show with me and back when you were much more active in the resource sector. I've noticed over the last, I guess, couple months, couple years, you've come back into the sector. I don't know if it was willingly came back into the sector, but you're back. And I greatly appreciate you taking some time to chat with us on the KE Report now, Peter, big picture here for resource markets, especially when it comes to the stocks. I want to get your thoughts on just how much these markets have changed. The simple stat that we can look at is look at where metals prices are, especially something like gold over $2,000, right around all time highs. And the stocks, whether it's the majors, the mid tiers or the juniors, man, almost none of them are by all time highs. Many of them are breaking down to multi-year lows Peter, what's changed in your eyes for this resource market? There's a lot of reasons, but three key ones. The biggest one is the financial advisors that used to be hundreds, if not thousands of them, certainly at any gold show, there'd be hundreds of them who built book of businesses around the mining shares, particularly the the resource, junior resource stocks. They just really are like me. They're dinosaurs. They still may be around, but... uh, there's far and few to, uh, in between now. Very few people live off of full commission, things of that nature. So that junior resource company in particular, who used to be able to find one financial advisor who liked their company, ended up getting 50 to a couple hundred of their clients, that doesn't exist for them anymore. The second one is regulatory. It's very, very tough now here in the U.S. by both the brokerage community and the regulatory authorities to purchase these type of stocks, even if you want to build a book of business around them. There are most uh, full-service brokerage firms don't even allow unsolicited orders, even if they have an OTC symbol. Then the third, and the regulatory also came from that, and it was deserving because 15 years ago it was too loose, but now juniors can almost say nothing, nothing that would appear like sizzle, when basically it's sizzle is what they have, and they're hopeful for a lot of things. And then the third thing, which probably is just as important, is the competition. Single biggest one, cryptocurrencies, other types of plays where people might have speculated and speculation and and gambling, both the same thing, in the juniors have now found alternatives to it. So there are others, but it's certainly uh, not like the market that existed, like you said, 10 or 15 years ago. And then throw in this one also, and you and I talked about it before we started, it's far more difficult to go mining and exploring in the world today. Far less places due to a whole bunch of recent social economic unrest, losing uh, the ownership of it in many places in the world that used to be popular. Me, myself, I restricted myself to North America. And even in North America, there's probably some places I, I wouldn't want to invest in mining, you know, to take a state like California. So there are a lot of reasons that are caused the decline, and there's very, very few new optimistic reasons other than if you believe that the world is going to need all the metals that continue to be predicted on electrification, growth, etc., there's going to be a need for people to go out and find and develop in them, 
And many of those companies have not spent a lot of money because there hasn't been a lot of money for them to go out and look for it. And there can be a lot of shortages for the metals. And if that's the case and what people finally get around to realizing that, then the companies that look for it and develop it can play in the in the markets now, which are really dominated by non-mining type plays, technology, AI, other type of stuff. Now, Bitcoin, that's where the attention is at the moment for speculators. Well, Peter, another thing we were talking about before the call was that ounces in the ground, be they gold ounces or silver ounces or pounds in the ground, if it's copper or nickel, are not getting valued at all like they have in previous cycles. And when you look at where the metals are and where the companies that have resources are being valued, it's almost comical. Do you expect that at one point when the sentiment does turn that maybe some of these will have re-ratings higher or is that just wishful thinking? Well, when you say almost comical, I thought of my portfolio, how much it's down. And it used to be funny, but it isn't funny anymore. It's hard to imagine. And I've been at this 40 years. I hadn't been active for several years in the juniors, but it's hard to imagine that this discrepancy of such a low cost that you could acquire metals in the ground now for a variety of companies and proven resources, not cow pastures, but legitimate projects for so little money that if there is to be a rebound and come back, it's certainly going to mean that there's going to be a lot of mergers and acquisition. Why should a major start on a grassroots project and spend who knows what may average up to 60 or $80 an ounce of developed deposit when there's deposits out there that are proven anywhere from 5 to 15 to $20 an ounce now. So if the door didn't close and we didn't hear the bell that this game is somehow over, then that's the likelihood of what's going to happen. But I really think, Shad and Corey, what's going to only two chances to drive that. We need a combination of things slowing down in the competition markets. That's the general stock market and Bitcoin and gold finally breaking above and staying above 2100. And I think that'll be the key in the watershed of it. And then it will turn very quickly. But unless we get that, it's just going to be a grind. I don't see any other reason that it can suddenly you know, change dramatically overnight. Peter, to this point about ounces in the ground being valued at much lower prices, especially than what we saw during bull runs. One thing that I would argue, too, is that we have way more ounces in the ground. We used to hear about one million ounces being a significant discovery. Now we have companies with four, five, six, seven million ounces in the ground. It's a much larger world out there in terms of ounces in the ground, but those ounces aren't getting developed. So how do you balance out the fact that, look, there's been a lot of exploration. There's been a lot of discoveries, but not a whole lot of growth in M&A or any sort of development. Yeah, that that's only really going to come, Corey, two ways. Like I said, we need the excitement to return by the metal prices themselves and sustain, not flashes in the pan. Look, lithium was great if you were in it, but within a few months, if you blinked your eye, much of the gain had evaporated. We need something sustaining. And I think that, I honestly think that only comes with a gold price that goes to new highs, stays above there, doesn't run up to 2,500, but just works its way higher. And I think that and the combination of this can only be a major bubble again in the stock market and the Bitcoins of the world. When they at least lose some air, if not pop, those combinations will help these type of companies get some reasonable values again. But it's not going to happen until that happens. 
Well, Peter, I know you follow a range of commodities and you have for a long time. And when you brought up lithium there, it made me think that we also saw a nice run for a short amount of time in the oil and gas sector. We've seen a pretty nice recent run in the uranium sector. So there are other sectors in the commodities that do pop before they drop. But with the precious metals, do you see them more in the camp of the monetary metals where it really needs to be a financial situation, something with the central bank, something with fiscal and monetary policy that moves them compared to most other commodities where they're more supply demand pitchers? Well, I always get myself in trouble, so why not do it one more time? But over the years, especially at the metal shows, I always fancied gold over silver. I always felt that it had a much better argument monetary, especially now. There's no question that central banks who have been accumulating the most aggressively in the 40 years I've been in this business, they're not doing it for a trade or a speculation. They're doing it because they believe we're moving somewhere in a different direction monetarily in the world. Part of that is because of what's happening with bricks and all. And so I still think gold has to dominate over silver. It doesn't mean that once they get going, silver can have its day in the sun. But you're right. And and, and I, like I said, is only one or two things are at the point. Somehow they rang a bell and we didn't hear it and the door has been shut forever. Or we're at the biggest discrepancy ever between the valuations that are being placed historically versus now, the needs that clearly are going to be needing for the underlying metals, and the, what is priced in other markets where value is very hard to find. And here we just find just dramatically undervalued historically, uh, like you noted, deposits with lots of ounces, not just, you know, pie in the sky. And uh, if, if we're right, and the eventual market turns to more reasonable, then those are the ones that'll go and they'll they'll go the fastest. And that's why I say there'll be M&A first out of necessity because so many people are running on their gas is empty. But I also think there's areas of the world where there's going to be. I'm a big believer, just if I may, in Quebec mining. Uh, I think there's lots of reasons. There's a lot of great projects, a lot of reasons for them to be brought together. Things are happening there now. Major players are getting healthier up there like an IM Gold. So I think there's still plays, uh, but even area plays have basically become non-existent in our business. It's just, it's a phenomena that I would have told you any other time if you did this interview back in our old days and said, hey, Pete, I saw in the future 10 or 15 years from now, and you described what happened. Honestly, I would have told you, Corey, somebody needs to take you to the hospital because you've gone insane. I know it really makes you question the market, doesn't it? Because a lot of the things that the gold commentators said 10 years ago have kind of happened for the metals prices and the stocks have just been completely left behind since it seems like a never ending list of companies with small market caps in the sector and the majors continue to bounce or continue to drift lower. Is it going to be like it has been in the past where major companies start to move first in your eyes? Yeah, because if when money returns, it'll return institutional first. The public will always follow in second. But I will tell you that one thing that we learned that used to be said all the time at the shows for many years, and I was one of them, we used to say this and meant it. Hey, owning mining shares is like owning gold. Well, that and saying the word transitory, I don't think should ever be said again because both have been proven wrong. But I do agree with you. I think the majors will move first because institutional money usually will see this move and understand it before the public. The public right now, by the way, I think this is another important factor, which you think is kind of strange because we, we deal in the most speculative end of the business, the juniors. 
public has become very short-minded. Uh, long-term to them is a matter sometimes as, as long as few hours to a few days. And I think this is something now that if you can look past that and have an horizon of 12 to 24 months, very hard if you're first stepping up now to find how you lose money in this. When I could argue some of the other things that people are chasing real hard now, I think there's potential to lose a lot of dollars there. So as bad as it's been, if you've been in it for quite a while, you've, you've run it out this far, there's there really the, the only further downside is a complete annihilation and an ending that we don't need these things. I don't think we're at that level. And it, remember the old saying, it's the darkest before the dawn. That's where I think the junior resource market and mining shares in general are right now. Well, Peter, just one more question on the nature of the investors today. There's also been a big trend between, and you're right on the speculation side, the people have a very short attention span, but the people that are longer-term investors seem to have gone totally into passive investing. So they'll invest through ETFs as opposed to stock picking. And that's not just true in this sector, but that's true in all sectors. It seems like there's a big push just to put people into ETFs and let it ride. Does that change the dynamics for this cycle? Uh, you bring up another good point. Passive uh, I'm still in the planning business here. We deal with the general market, state planning, and all that kind of stuff. Passive investing now is about half of all the money that's in the general stock market now, not just related to, to metals and all. And what people have to understand is there's not active uh, management in that. It's really there to track some sort of index or indices or comparison to others. And managers are not every day trying to decide which stocks to buy and sell and so forth. That has also spilled over to the metals market. In fact, one of the reasons you're likely going to see more small to mid-sized producers merges, they're recognizing that in order to get whatever is left of institutional interest, they need to be a larger producer and be part of some sort of exchange-traded fund. And the only way they're going to do that is, 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 to, is to grow, and they can't grow organically. So that'll probably be another reason why those million to two million ounce producers that you spoke about that used to be excited – now we're going to have to find reasons to merge in order to attract what is left of institutional interest. Yeah, it seems like we're all just waiting for sector consolidation and interest to come back. I know that the companies are hoping interest comes back before that huge sector consolidation, but both are needed probably around the same time. We'll see if this is the year that it happens, but just so far in the first couple of months of this year, we have continued to see the disconnect between metals prices and the underlying share prices of the equities and we know from talking to the companies companies continue to struggle out there it's a it's a tough market to market in and to get attention for the work that they are doing peter it's great having you back on the show thank you so much for joining us again i'll be sure to get you back on on a more regular basis and hopefully we can talk more about the market turning rather than the continued disconnect that we have seen Peter Grandich, great having you back on the show, buddy. Thank you for having me.